Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Welcome to HopeNet Radio. So glad that you've joined us here tonight for the show. It is episode 106. My name is Jeff. I'll be your host tonight. DW, my co-host, the guy that pretty much says whatever he wants to, whenever he wants to. Dave Wager, how you doing, man? That's why I get in trouble. All right. There's 106 of these out there? There, Well, this is the 106. So at the end of the show, there will be 106. I think that if somebody would email us and say that they have all 105 already um, somewhere, you know, loaded and they've listened to them, whatever, I think you should send them a peep. i got to do more than that. I mean, there's... Well, I, I mean that's a start. Yeah. I mean that's a start. We could have a we could accumulate something, and then we could we could get like a free T-shirt somewhere down the road or something. But I, I'm just saying, really, that's that that many episodes, and we've had some very interesting conversations. I want to invite people that are listening. There's there's a podcast of all these. Go to hopenet360.com. Go back, and instead of listening to something that, that won't benefit you, go back and get these on your iPad or iPod or your phone or whatever, and. And listen to them while you're driving somewhere, working, doing something, working out. And I think hopefully it'll be a blessing to you and you'll, you'll continue to grow and develop in, in many ways that you might not even be thinking about. Because this is about conversations. It is. And conversations save lives. It is. And these conversations do save lives. If you are new to this show, HopeNet Radio is all about conversations that save lives. A lot of times we talk about things that, let's face it, they're meaningless. They really don't have any value after the fact unfortunately we talk about entertainment we talk about music we talk about guys or girls that we're interested in relationships these sorts of things some of those do matter but a lot of times we talk about things that really don't build up they don't add any value in our lives and so we hope that the conversation that we have together tonight which you can be a part of as well I'll talk about that in a second, that this is a conversation that will inspire hope. It will bring in uh, maybe another perspective that you hadn't even considered. And some of these conversations, many of these conversations, I think are important that we have not just on the radio or on the podcast, but that we engage one another and we talk about these things. You know, how do we see life? I mean, we're, we're faced with some different realities. Some of us have some struggles. How do we talk about those struggles? How do we talk about things that are going on in our culture? How do we, how do we work out our faith in the midst of a culture that seems more and more anti-faith. So we have a lot of things to talk about tonight along those topics, and tonight our conversation is going to be really continuing off of last week's show, talking about how people will know that we are Christians. Last week we talked about knowing that we're Christians by our love, but unfortunately we live in a society, and many Christians, I'm included in that, the things that I say, the things that I talk about, the things that I put my voice to don't always say that I'm a Christian because I love people. Sometimes it shows that I'm a Christian because 
I stand up against certain things. And some of those things are valuable, whether it's abortion or it's, you know, some things that are really talking about life and how people really want to destroy life and, and create dysfunction in life. Um, but a lot of times we talk about dumb things like Starbucks cups. I mean, let's just face it. We talk about things that really do not matter. And we're living in a day and an age where internet gives us such a platform. Any one of us can start up a, a Periscope channel, a YouTube channel, a Twitter account, a Facebook account, and our voice can go literally all over the world. And we can be saying things, we can be posting things that we don't really consider if they actually reflect my Christian faith. And sometimes we forget that we are actually Christians when we're on social media. It's kind of weird, Dave. I don't understand this entirely. but yeah, You know what? I love these programs in that it, it replaces something that really I think used to be valuable where, where people actually would sit around a kitchen table with their families and just talk about things. Mm. And, and, and that just doesn't happen a whole lot anymore. And you and I are just sitting around a table talking about something here. And you're right. Being angry about Starbucks cups. Now, now, let me get this right. There's people that are upset because Starbucks is not Christmas enough because they just have red cups and these are Christians talking this way. Do I get this right? I, I don't even think it's actually an issue, but there was one person who made a video talking about some kind of a change in, in their cups and, and that Christians were apparently, I don't know, I've just seen a whole lot of headlines about these red cups and I really don't get it. I, I honestly don't understand it, but I guess it's a thing and it's one of those that it frustrates me, to be honest. The minute you, you attach, if any of us are saying anything, first of all, Dave Wager will always be representing Christ. I am a Christian, so what I say is going to represent him. You know, I got all kinds of opinions about things that, that don't matter. Those are not things that I want to push in the media or anyone else. For example, are you a coffee drinker? I'm drinking coffee right now, actually. Okay, I'm a tea drinker. Yeah. So you want to fight? No, I don't want to fight. I mean, no, and we would because that's silly. <laughs> you would so, kill so, me, well, a little yeah, but, guy. But, I, I I would be saying basically, you know what? Here's the Christian response: you, you like coffee, I like tea, and and when I go somewhere, can I buy a cup of coffee? And you and I, you want to get me a cup of tea? You know, that's what we do. We don't argue about stuff that doesn't matter. There's so much in life that doesn't matter. Yeah. What this red cup shows is that there are people that don't know what's important in life and where they get their value from. Hmm. To to think that you get your value from the fact that everybody believes the way you do. And, and then to go out there and campaign so that people believe like you do. Or the other side of it is you, you do stuff that's so stupid that you get a lot of hits on your thing so you make some money or something. I mean, there are two sides to this coin. And there are people that really know how to work the system. If you're going out there and you're going to be bizarre enough, and I think anyone making a big deal about a red cup is bizarre. I mean, that's my <laughs> personal opinion. The truth of the matter is, though... I. It doesn't matter. If you guys like red cups, go have them. And if you don't, then don't drink out of them. I, what does it matter? Well, and actually, I bring my own mug to coffee shops. So what color is it? It's not any of those colors. It's actually like a dark blue. Actually, I do have one that one of my favorite ones to bring. So you're anti-Christmas. Kind of. I have a sparkly mug. <laughs> I have a, a glittery, glittery, sparkly mug, and everybody makes fun of me for it, but you know what? Yeah, well, I saw Dunkin' Donuts came out with a mug with joy on it, so I, I think I'll go there for the Christmas season. I, I, I don't even need that. I have my own mug. I've gone green, Dave. Don't you understand? I'm, oh, I I love the environment. I have my own travel mug, so I can go in and, and just say, wow. hey, just put it in my mug. Is it made out of plastic? Save yourself. No, it's made out of metal, actually. Oh, metal. I'm sure that, that, that saves the environment more than plants. I can tell you, you do not want to stick that in your microwave when you want to warm your coffee back up. <laughs> All right. Do I, have you tried? I have one that I 
no, I, not with this one. I didn't try with. I had another one that was plastic and it had some metal on it. All right. And that almost was not a good thing. You know what? If you're going to do that, it really make it exciting and throw a peep in there too. No, that's terrible. I, I mean, if, if you're really going to put it in the microwave, have a little fun with the whole thing. <laughs> that ruins coffee. Yeah. Then it would taste like tea, Dave. <laughs> yeah, it would. You're, you're offending me, by the way, somewhere. I like chai um, tea, Dave. Is that okay? Oh, do you? Yeah, I do. I don't. That's the one tea I don't like. Then we're really not going to be friends after this. Do you know that I have friends that um, are so different than me, and I just love them as friends? I have a friend, um, and you know that I've talked about him. He's a guy that has a gun collection that would rival um, Al Capone or something. I mean, this guy has a gun collection, and he, he is like an instructor in guns, that kind of thing. He's one of my very good friends. I can't even find my 22. I, I mean, I don't even know where it is. It's been relatively unimportant to me. Yeah. By the way, I'm all for people who own guns, that kind of thing. It's just, it just hasn't been part of my life. Um, and, and when I go over to visit him, he's got four big dogs. The only pet I ever had was some fish when I was in you know, fifth grade. I, I don't have dogs. I don't have cats. You know, I mean, I don't have any pets. And he's got, so I walk in and these four dogs, I like, get tacked me. <laughs> and he goes, hey, don't worry about it. You know, once they smell you and lick you, you'll be their friend. And I'm going, lick me. <laughs> Get these things out of here. <laughs> you, do you know how different people's lives are? Yeah. Really? He loves those dogs, and he he loves his guns, but we have a tremendous relationship, and we don't have that in common. Mm-hmm. You and I, I mean, we have things. We have a great relationship. I, I respect you tremendously and enjoy our friendship, And but, you know, we're different. Yes, we are. We, and it doesn't matter that we're different. You know, the things that don't matter, there's so many things in this life that don't matter, I think Satan would love to get us all involved, spending all of our energy. Let's, when we pick up in the next segment, talk about, uh, just remind people of the program we talked about, uh, Margin, and have them go back and download that one. But just touch on it a little bit, because we only have 100% energy. And if we're putting some of it into red cups, we're going to be in trouble. Yes, we are. Join us on the tweet back tonight. Be a part of this conversation. You can be different than us, have different thoughts. Maybe you have no idea what the deal is with these cups maybe you're adamant about the cups we're not talking about the cups tonight that's not really the issue really more of the issue is how we actually engage in our social media and these platforms in new kinds of relationships we're in such an interesting time in history and we have a voice how do we use that voice join us on the tweet back use the hashtag hnrtb and this conversation will continue here on HopeNet radio are you hurting stressed out Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Hi, this is Dave Wager, a voice you normally hear on HopeNet Radio. And when I'm not doing radio, one of my favorite things to do is teach at the Nicolay Bible Institute. I invite you to check out this one-year Bible and service program at NicolayBibleInstitute.org. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Check out tonight's show notes at hopenet360.com. Also, while you're there, if you need to, we have live coaches available to chat right now at hopenet360.com. And they're there around the clock. Anytime you need to talk, anytime that there's something in your heart that you don't know where to go with it. There's a heaviness. Maybe there's uh, some things that you're facing that you just don't know who to talk to about that. Maybe your parents aren't the best place to go to talk to about this thing. Maybe you don't have a mentor or someone in your life right now that is able to answer some questions in your life. Our life coaches are great to go and just connect with and to maybe hear about some experiences they've had to give you 
you uh, a, a listening ear if that's what you need tonight. Hopenet360.com is there for you. So, Jeff, DW tonight here on the show. And we're talking about our the title of our show tonight is Bullhorns and Whistles. And that meaning how today in our culture, we have so many ways that we can put our voice out there. So we can, you know, talk in a public setting face to face with people and share our opinions there. But so many of us, Christians, non Christians, doesn't matter who you are, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, all these social media networks, digital relationships are happening that has really, Dave, it, it really makes us it really puts us in an interesting point in history where we're looking at relationships not as face-to-face and personal ones, but really, you know, Facebook and Twitter for a lot of people have become their main source of connecting with their friends and friendships that are made now all across the world. I remember, Dave, growing up, I don't know if you had this, but do you remember pen pals? Oh, yeah. Did you ever have pen pals when you were a kid? Uh, I didn't. I knew a lot of people overseas, though, so they could be like pen pals, you know, but I, I, I understand what you're saying, and, and I did have friendships in other countries where you would write them letters. Yeah, yeah it was that was an interesting thing. I remember in, in grade school, we'd, you know, set up a another school in some other part of the state and we would send our, our our friend whatever our pen pal letters so i don't know what i i don't even remember what i sent to to this kid um i do remember one of my pen pals name was austin so austin if you're listening i miss you man write me back uh but it's letter. one of those yeah. <laughs> or just you know find me on facebook you can yeah. do that too but culturally we're in such an interesting point I often wonder, Dave, how history books will remember this generation and what they're going to say about this culture and this millennial generation, how technology has really changed a lot of the landscape of relationships and personal relationships. It's 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 really an interesting thing. Yeah. You know, I, I just kind of view the whole – now, I'm older. I'm, I'm, I'm almost 60 years old, and I, I really uh, see it a little different. I, I really don't see social media as relational at all. I really think that relationships happen face-to-face. So I'm missing that aspect. In fact, when I first signed up for Facebook, I had no idea. I, I still don't know what Instagram is and some other things. I, I, you know, I mean, it seems totally unimportant to me. And, and I know some people are saying, oh, man, you're so yesterday. That may be. But when I first started Facebook, I went in and all these people wanted to be my friend because I'm, you know, and I just said yes to yeah. all of them. I have no idea who they are, you know. Um, <laughs> and, and so yeah. I, I have I have way more friends if you go to my Facebook page than I even know. And my wife got involved with it and looked at it one day and said, who are these people? I, I said, I don't know. She said, you just accept everybody that comes. I said, I think that's what you do. I'm not, I'm not sure. <laughs> and so uh, what's really interesting is, is that I've never considered Facebook um, a place to go and have a friendship. It's more like when I grew up and, and we'd be sitting at grandma's house and she'd say, you want to see the pictures of my latest trip? I mean, that's what I look at Facebook as is, is like, here's some pictures of something that's going on in somebody's life. Most of the time, I'm not really interested in, I mean, it sounds terrible, but I'm not interested in, in uh, like what somebody did when they got out of bed um, this morning. And, and that's how it started. I don't know if it's still that way in many respects, but they used to report like everything they were doing throughout the day. And it just didn't seem like, that important and not only that you know what i really find weird my generation anyway at least i do and i don't know if i'm speaking for everybody in my generation but i find it weird that people actually have relationships online but have never met the person hmm. you know i mean you're talking about pen pals and i understand that i think that's interesting and and a lot of pen pals could meet and that kind of thing but i wouldn't call it a relationship necessarily um i i think it could be an acquaintance maybe that you're you're trying to learn something whatever but there are people that actually think they love somebody else as far as my reading goes, that they've fallen in love with somebody that they've never met before. Mm. 
and they do it through words and and you're thinking oh man that's pretty dangerous as an old guy i'm thinking that's dangerous because you know this person could be mr con artist and or miss con artist and you don't even know that right Um, you haven't met them you haven't watched them you haven't been in their life so i'm really not against social media but i guess i just don't see it or use it the way your generation does and i I'm certainly not right in how I use it or wrong, I guess. I, I love the people that I have relationships with, and I love keeping up with what they're doing. And I love seeing you know pictures of what they're doing. But I, if I don't look at it for a week, I don't care. You know, I mean, it's one of those things. One of the distinctions to make, you know, talking about the generational differences, I want to believe that our generations are similar in that this new millennial generation and your generation really does one of the values that we have is genuineness yeah. that we we want genuine real relationships no matter if they're digital or they're in person you know we know them they're our neighbor maybe they're we go to the same school or they work with us like we we actually want honest genuine meaningful relationships in our life. Every person, I think, wants that. It doesn't have to be a generational divide. And I think, you know, where Facebook really challenged the MySpaces of the day were that they actually wanted a genuine, honest connection with real people. So when they first set up Facebook, it was, we want your real name. And that's a huge step because I grew up when, you know, internet was really becoming more of a consumer thing. It wasn't just you know, something that the elite kind of had that you could have a, a computer lab in school and learn how to use it. And and so there was really AOL Instant Messenger, like those were new things. And you would make a screen name that was your identity, but it really wasn't your name. It was right. like, you know, Fluffy Bunnies 2485. Like it, right. it's not one of those like real personal things. Well, Facebook said, hey, we want your real name because we feel that in this day of digital age, and this is also one of those, there's a, a double-edged sword here, but to have your real name out there shows more personal appeal to people that would know you. So so you think everyone on Facebook is using their real name? Not everyone on Facebook, but many people are because yeah. they set that up. And so that it set a new precedent, really. And there there's all sorts of privacy deals. I mean, now when you have a digital identity out there, that opens up the door for people to, whether it's people that are hiring you later down the road, they can look at your real name and your real personality and real thoughts that you have and some of those real thoughts aren't necessarily very good hiring, you know, interview responses, yeah. I would say. But, you know, it's one of those one of those deals where now we're we're just in a new age thing. Yeah, well, let me let me ask you this. When somebody texts you on your phone or calls you, do you do you feel like you have to get it? I I feel like it's one of my responsibilities to be to respond. Yeah. yeah. See, I don't. I I still remember the phone ringing on the wall. Yeah, I do too. And I would just let it go. Really? I mean, if if you were in the middle of a conversation, you wouldn't pick it up. And, and it would go to an answer machine if you pick it up later. And, and so I have my phone in my pocket and, and, you know, my daughters or somebody say, Dad, I've been calling you. I said, well, I didn't answer it. You know, I <laughs> and mean, that's it, the it's thing. Like, like your own kids are calling you and, and you don't answer the phone. Like well, that to me is like, yeah, well, you know, I'm not, my, <laughs> I'm not used to, it. I mean, still it was like, you know, these phones are there, but they're not, they're not there to control you. You know, I mean, they're there for communication. And, and if somebody wanted me, they could leave a message when I get done with the conversation. See, the face-to-face thing that I'm involved in seems so much more important that when I get done, done with that conversation, I'll go listen to the answering thing and see how important it was. And, and a lot of times it was, you know, something that was not important. But, but still, the, the bottom line is, if you're in the middle of something with somebody and my phone buzzes or whatever i will tell you though that i really like the newer phone i have like my my wife the vibration is a heartbeat <laughs> nice 
so I know that, so that if it's the heartbeat vibration, I will break into the conversation I have. But other than that, I won't break into the conversation I have in that in that point because of the fact that, like, if I'm talking with you, Jeff, I, I want you to know that I'm looking at you and I'm listening to you. And the phone is just going to have to wait until. Because it's like standing in a crowd somewhere. If If I'm talking to you in a crowd and somebody just comes up and stands right in front of us and starts talking, that would be rude. And I still find it rude that people take out their phone and look at it while they're in the middle of a conversation with somebody. You know, when we come back, Dave, I want to ask you what life was like and how you treated the guy that brought the telegram okay. to your doorstep uh, <laughs> when we come back. But uh, join us on the tweet back if you would. Be a part of this conversation. We'd love to know your thoughts. You can tweet at us. If you're on Twitter, use the hashtag HNRTB with your comments, or you can email us at hope at hopenet360.com. This conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show. Having a great conversation on Twitter right now. Use the hashtag HNRTV. Be a part of the conversation with us. Jeff, DW with you. Dave, we went into the break. I kind of joked a little bit, but... I think you actually have some stories about the telegraph. So I'm kind of wondering if some guy came and knocked on your door and delivered this telegraph message or, you know, whatever, would you just wait for him or or what? No, 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 I'm not that old. (laughs) I do remember up in northern Wisconsin here, though, when we did make a call, we had to tell the operator our number so that they could bill us. And uh, and you had to use the dial because there was no touch tone. You know, up here. So that that's kind of interesting in and of itself. I, I remember having to carry a, a dime with me because uh, I needed to use a payphone when I was on the road. Oh yeah, uh, we didn't have any other way. Payphones. I remember calling Collect, which my students today, when I talk to them, have no idea what that is. <laughs> you know, you would call Collect so that you could call your parents and tell them what they were doing, and you had to do it from a payphone. There were payphones everywhere. Yep, that wasn't a big deal. But the telegraph thing. Here's just my thought on it. I really think that that texting. It's kind of like we went back to telegraph. <laughs> um, especially like with Twitter, you got so many characters and you're done. Yeah, right. We had this total industrial revolution and we went back to where we were. Now I, you can just type messages out to people. It goes to them and you don't have to talk to them. And it's incredible. And Yeah, and we thought when we went from telegraph to telephone how amazing that was because we could talk to them. Yeah. And now we're going how amazing it is because we don't have to talk to them. <laughs> you know, true. it's like... Yeah, so to me, that's just ironic. It just looks like we went around this whole circle, and now we're back to, like, the dark ages yeah. again. What's the deal? This guy has an iPhone. I can't even get a hold of him. Well, you know, I get that all the time. Right. I, I mean, I've had people, especially some of my, my dearest daughters, which I have two of, think, why do you even have a phone? You don't answer it most of the time. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because it rings in my pocket, and I was busy doing something. Yep. Well, when I call, you should stop doing stuff, something and answer my phone. Yeah. And I'm thinking... Oh, man, is that what we've come to? The whole world revolves around, you know, uh, and and I feel the same way now. When I call somebody, it's like, answer the phone. You know, it's like I've come to that point where I'm thinking, your world needs to revolve around me, and I want to talk to you now, so pick up the phone. I have no sensitivity towards whatever that person's doing. So I I don't know. I could be totally wrong on that. It's just um, if somebody's trying to get a hold of me, and I don't give my number out, but if somebody is trying to get a hold of me and I don't answer, don't take it personal. It's just I'm I'm busy, uh, you know, looking at butterflies or something at that moment, and I'll, I'll get back to you. <laughs> yeah, tonight our conversation is, it has to do with social media. We've Last week we talked about 
how people know that we are Christians. You know, we start living this life and following Christ, and and sometimes we get thinking that Christians line up with certain things and cultural norms, and if they like the red coffee cups that are being put out now, and you know, with the holiday season and all that, and we get so wrapped up in. I think a lot of Christians get wrapped up and people in general get wrapped up in things that really just do not matter in our life. But yet we take our time, we take our voice and we put those to some, you know, nice blinky pixels on the screen and, and we put them out on Facebook or on Twitter. And, and there are things that they take our voice, they use them for something that really doesn't matter. And next thing we know, we kind of wonder why people aren't really liking our stuff or, or following us or whatever, or coming up to us in person, asking us why we posted this or did that. And it's really changing the landscape yeah. of our relationships. And I think as Christians, I, it's so important that we begin to look at really what the Bible talks about, how it says that we should act. And interestingly enough, Dave, I think the Bible actually does talk about how we should treat one another on social media. Did you know that? I never thought of it in those terms, but you're absolutely right. Everything in life, there's, there's um, principles, and that's what the Bible deals with. And then there's methods. The method of communicating certainly has changed through the year from face-to-face, from writing on rock walls, you know, whatever it is, to, to where we are today. So the method has changed. Yep. But actually, God deals with the principles. Yep. And, and I think there's plenty in the Bible about the principles. And uh, I think that's what we have to take a look at. And I think as a Christian, as someone who has been in in ministry and with this show, I think there are definitely positives to having Facebook and all these digital interaction, places that we can interact in these digital platforms today. I see so many people that are mentoring on things like YouTube or on Periscope and even Twitter. So I follow people that will help to influence me in a way that, again, helps me not just in my Christian faith, but also helps me to live life and to maybe influence people in a greater way, again, for kingdom purposes. So I think social media in general, it, it provides a platform. I don't think it's necessarily good or it's necessarily bad, but I think we have to be smart about it. I think we have to really look at what we're talking about. And one of the verses that comes to mind, Dave, is this this nice little verse in Proverbs ten nineteen. At least there's so many nice little verses in Proverbs. It's it's one of those books that I think it will always speak something to you. But there's a nice little verse that says this Proverbs ten nineteen. When words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. What does that mean? How would you summarize that one? Oh, man. When you immediately blurt out what you're thinking, that's usually not a good sign. Tell me the truth. When you, your first thought, is your first thought always your best? No, not at all. Usually not. Not at all. You know what? I learned that so many years ago. There were so many times. I had a good friend years ago who, when I would get upset about something, we get in in an argument about something, he would always excuse himself to go to the bathroom or something. I'm thinking, (laughs) after a while, I said, you know, whenever we get into something really good, you get up and leave. And and he looked at me and he goes, it's because your first thoughts stink. Yep. And said, if you think about it for a little bit, your second thoughts stink are really good. And I'm waiting for you to get to your second thought, so I leave. And I'm thinking, (laughs) now there's a good friend. It is a good friend, yeah. When he was done talking to me on that, I thought, you know, God, I need to start with my second response, not my first. I need to make my second response my first response. What I think is happening on Facebook and other places is it's a bunch of first responses. There's very little second responses going on there. Then people are trying to defend their first responses. Rather than saying, yeah, that was a dumb thing to say. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, 
I don't know if I've seen people say something, you know, and then go back and go, oh, you know what? That was a first response. It was really stupid. Uh, you know, forgive me. All of us are human. We would even understand that. Mm-hmm. When somebody comes and they, they, they just bought a new car or something, you know, they drive it up. My first response might be, that's an ugly car. You know what I mean? Yep. Well, man, they think it's a great car. So my second response would be something kinder. Like, you know what made you want this color? You know, I mean, that kind of thing. So you just, you just might change how you say something. It's not even that you want to lie. Right. It's that a lot of times your first response is all about, like my first response is all about Dave Wager often. And I need to stop that and look at somebody else and say, what would my response be if I were responding in a way that actually showed love towards this person and that I'm concerned for them and that I actually care about what they think about whatever we're talking about? Yep. Because most of the time it isn't cut and dry, a red cup at Starbucks. I mean, if you came to me and you said, I am so ticked about the red cups at Starbucks, and I would say, give me your second thought, would you? The first thought is just, I just don't like red or whatever else it might be. Give me your second thought. Your second thought might be, well, I'll bring my own mug. There you go. You just solve the problem. Everything's cool. Don't worry about it. Because there are people that just adore the color red. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? They do. And, And we need to start thinking in broader terms here rather than just of ourselves all the time. So I think that verse is great. Matthew twelve thirty six says something, too, that, that just is a- applicable. It says, I tell you, on that day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be justified, by your words you will be condemned. Now, the word careless there, I think careless is that first inclination that without thought, man, it just comes out of your mouth. And, and if that's what's happening, I'm telling you, as an older guy that, when somebody wants to be a part of our ministry or work with us or whatever, we do go to Facebook and we check what they say. We check them out because we want to see their first responses to people. We want to see because from the words that they say, we can tell a lot about the person. And I would suggest that people listen to what I said about starting with your second response. If you thought about it and prayed about it and looked at the person and asked, what can I do to make their life better? might be a better response. You know, I think of words oftentimes like toothpaste in a toothpaste bottle. You can say something and it's like squeezing out a toothpaste bottle. You can put words out there. You can say things, but you can't ever get that toothpaste back in by scooping it back up and putting it back in the tub. The same thing is true for our words. We can say something and sometimes what we say can't be taken back. It can't be erased. It can't be deleted it's going to be out there and it's going to be out there forever. So we have to look at the words that we use. We have to look at even the things that we put our attention to and say, is this really worth me saying? And I agree with you, Dave, looking at our first response, it's better to just pause and to think about it and say, wait, hold on. Let me think about this and then speak instead of speak and then think later. I think too many of us speak first and think later, and it just gets us in so much trouble. So we're going to talk about this in the second half of HopeNet Radio, give you guys some application to it. So stick around. There's more to come here on HopeNet Radio. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by GroundWire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. Hi, this is Dave Wager, a voice you normally hear on HopeNet Radio, and I'd love to invite you, our listening guest, to a special weekend at the Wolf River Refuge, sponsored by Silver Birch Ranch, a time where we get together and learn how to really study the Bible. We call it Digging Deeper. It'll be held February 19th to 21st. You can find more information at wolfriverrefuge.org. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. 
Hey, welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. Jeff DW with you tonight. This is the show where conversations save lives. Thanks so much for being a part of the conversation with us. And we would love for you to connect with us anytime during the conversation. You can join us on Twitter right now. We're hanging out. Use the hashtag HNRTB. It's the HopeNet Radio tweet back. And it's our time to connect with you and to hear your thoughts as we're talking tonight on the show. And, and especially tonight, Dave, this has been a really engaging conversation, especially in this new age. So, you know, we live in, in more or less a digital age in a lot of ways. A lot of people are on Facebook and social media and you know, different platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, Google, whatever you're on. I mean, there's so many different places that we can go to find information, that we can go to connect with friends. And so many of us, as we've just seen recently on social media, we see it all the time, that we use our voice for something in some ways. And some of us like to talk about Red Cups. Some of us like to talk about uh, recent, you know, terrible things that have happened across our country, headlines that are going on. Uh, some of us like to gossip about other people on social media. So we have these platforms. We have our own voice. We're trying to figure out our voice. And we use our voice for so many things. Sometimes they do bring glory to God, and sometimes they really don't bring glory to God. And I think one of the things, Dave, that we were talking about in the break, one of the things in our culture that is different from even my parents' generation, so my dad was into ham radio, and for those who are younger than probably 20... It has nothing to do with pigs. No, it, it's... it. I thought it had something to do with pigs at first, like pigs talking no, on the radio, but... Nothing to do. No, it, it, ham radio was... I don't want to reduce it to walkie-talkies. It was shortwave short radio, and you could talk to yep. people... My dad would talk to people around the world with this, and that was big time for his day and age, talking to someone on the other side of the world, you know, when the sun was rising or whatever, and you could find a really good signal and good bandwidth and all that. My dad did that. That was his kind of social media. And with that, like, he had to get a ham radio license, you know, he had to pass a test, you know, he, he had people that were keeping him accountable. And one of the things that I'm seeing today, Dave, and I think we would probably agree on this, even given our generational difference, is that... We are more in control of ourselves and our words that we use, even on social media or in conversation, if somebody is actually monitoring or keeping track of us. In my dad's day and age, it was the FCC. This was, you know, he would say things like, well, you know, we can't say certain things because the FCC is listening or someone, you know, could report you and you could, you could lose your license. Whereas like on Facebook or on Twitter, no one's licensing people to say certain things. So it just seems like we're able to say what's whatever's on our mind and it doesn't have to necessarily be a good thing. We could just say it because it's free and it's open and anyone can be on there. And yep. I think the danger is when we're not held accountable for certain things that we say, we really end up getting ourselves into trouble because there's no limits on what we, what we talk about, what we say. And I'm not saying we need a license for Facebook yeah. or Twitter, but... I think it's it is interesting though the difference in this generation that anybody anywhere has a platform and man we really got to think about what we're saying today. Yeah, you know what I, I think it's just a, again a general misunderstanding of life because you're never alone. Yeah, you're, you're never in a vacuum. You're never saying things where people aren't hearing and being affected by them. We're, we live in a relationship world. First and foremost, we have a relationship with God, and then we have a relationship with one another. And our words actually matter. That old saying, you know, sticks and stones break my bones, but words will never hurt me is absolutely wrong. Words can hurt people. Yeah. Ecclesiastes 5.3 says, For dreams come with much business, and a fool's voice with many words. Mm. You know, sometimes we just let stuff spew out of our mouth thinking we're anonymous, thinking that we can say whatever we want, however we want, 
You know, the only one that really should say and whatever they want right away is God. Right. Because he's going to say it right and he loves people. And again, we keep putting ourselves in the place of God. So we want to just say whatever and then we think whatever we say is right. It's not right to just say things to hurt people. It's not right to just say things to bother people. It's not right to just say things and say, this is what I think, and anybody that thinks different of me is a fool. <laughs> now, I come across very straight-laced in, in many respects, but most of the time the straight-lacedness is because I'm quoting God, not Dave. Yeah. I mean, D- Dave Wager really knows nothing. He's kind of a donkey that God uses his voice and that kind of thing. <laughs> but the real truth is if God says something, I think it was, I forget how many thousands of times in the Bible, it says, and the Lord said, Lord said, or the Lord saith, or something like that. <laughs> it, it basically is, you know what? God said something. I'm the one that has to realize that God alone is the one that is watching me 24-7. And I have two responsibilities in life that he's going to look at me someday down the road for. One is, did I love him? Or in other words, did I know him enough where I obeyed him? Mm. If I don't obey God... It's because I don't know him. So I haven't spent time getting to know him. In fact, I may be spending time getting everybody to know me by just saying things on public media or something. Yeah. But the second responsibility I have is that I love people, hmm. which means that I guard my words because my words can be used to really hurt people. It can be used to push people away. It could be used to focus on day of wager rather than focus on what's true. So everything one day will come to that. God will judge me on those two things. And social media needs to be put in the perspective of those two things. I tell the students I work with all the time at the Nicolay Bible Institute, you know, you, you're you never alone. You are never by yourself. Don't think for a moment that uh, it's anonymous what you're doing or saying. Or mm-hmm. the, Look at the book of Job. All the angels of heaven were watching what was going on. Yep. People are always uh, aware of what's going on, whether it be people that are in eternity already this cloud of witnesses in Hebrews chapter 12, or, or whether it's really uh, someone else around you. And on Facebook or whatever, man, once you put it out there, it becomes public and people can take it and twist it and turn it. Without context, they can do that. And, and context actually matters, but so often they don't have context for what was just said. Going back to some things that the Bible actually talks about that gives us some wisdom to use on social media comes from James one nineteen, and it says this. It says, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. And like I used the example about toothpaste, and you know, when you squeeze out toothpaste in a toothpaste bottle, what ends up happening is that toothpaste comes out, but it's really probably borderline impossible to get that toothpaste back in there. Number one, why would you want to do that after you put it out on a table or a floor or something, a toothbrush? Like You wouldn't want to put it back in there anyway, but you can't take your, your words back a lot of times, and the same thing is true. So we need to actually understand something that when somebody says something to us, Dave, I loved your example about instead of saying what's on your mind first – that you just kind of take a step back and you you listen and you try to get your thoughts in order and then you speak. You don't go with your first reaction. I love that. No, your first reaction is normally very self-centered and very uh, defensive many times. And and if you would take a minute and say, okay, this isn't really about defending myself. It's about truth. What would I say that would be best for the person I'm with? And what would I say that would honor God the best? Now you would come out with a different way to say it. And that's the way you should start with. Keep the other one silent. It's not that it's not there. Just keep it silent. And and then go and think about what would my second response be. Because really, you can ask my wife, you can ask anyone that knows me well. My second response is, 
are usually pretty good. It's my first one that gets me in trouble all the time. Yep. And and I still have this tendency to want to just fire with that first one. <laughs> and and that gets me in trouble. It does. And that's what a lot of us do on Facebook or on Twitter, any social media, even in person, we like to just sometimes we just like to hear ourselves talk. And it's one of those things where I think it's so it's important that we know that number one, it is okay to not say something right away. It is okay to pause and to think about what my response is instead of just thinking that, oh, I have to speak right now. I have to say this. I have to, I have to respond to this. It can't wait till tomorrow. It's gotta, it's gotta happen right now. It's going down right now. No, we have to know that we are always in control of what we say. Whether or not we want to put our brain behind it is a different matter. So join us on the Tweetback. Be a part of this conversation at hopenet360.com slash Tweetback. Or if you're on Twitter, just use the hashtag HNRTB. Live coaches are also available at hopenet360.com. Make use of them tonight if you're going through something difficult. And this conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at hopenet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Check out tonight's show notes at hopenet360.com. Dave, I don't know if we have enough room for all the things that we've said tonight in the show notes, but we'll definitely try to get everything into tonight's show notes about what we talked about, because this is one of those conversations that I think it's so important, and we've talked about it in different ways, but especially talking about it from an aspect of the whole digital revolution and social media. And this is definitely not new. I mean, Facebook has been around since, I think, 2004. And really, 2006 was kind of when everybody else adopted it and left Facebook or left MySpace and went to Facebook. And and uh, you had that whole switch over. And But digital relationships today have... You know, really taken over in so many ways, and even our even our digital communication. So, texting and emailing, all of these things that you know vie for our attention. I think one thing that is so important for this day and age, especially for this generation, is talking about distraction. And we've talked about this before on the show, and this isn't a new thing, but it seems more and more increasingly so. Technology and all these things, while there is a good thing to them, there's definitely some positives and and connecting with people at just about any time of day and for any reason, any situation, sharing things that you want to talk about, sharing things that you think matter to you. uh, There's also a downside to some of these as well. And it's, you know, that we lose track of really what makes us effective and and using our time to do things that really do matter. And I think, Dave, you talk so much about this, and it's probably better coming from you than coming from me because I still struggle with trying to put my time in order and make sure that I'm not distracted too often or that I remove as many distractions as possible. I still struggle with being distracted day to day and hour by hour sometimes. So are you ADD? I think probably because of the noise that I've allowed in my life that I probably show characteristics. I haven't been diagnosed with it, but I think I think the whole nation is. You know, I mean, I do. I think so. I think ADD is kind of a funny diagnosis because I think we're all there. If you just think about it, we're a nation of immigrants. Our forefathers couldn't stay put; they had to get up and go do something else. You know, I mean, they <laughs> they got up, they left. I think there's a certain genetic thing to all Americans that makes them kind of ADD. Huh. But ADD is kind of an interesting thing, and I say this as an educator. I, I've always thought it as somebody who's gifted, not not limited. Hmm. What do you mean? ADD people actually uh, do concentrate. That's their issue. They concentrate too much on whatever's in front of them. It's just that they can switch, and when they switch, they're concentrating again on whatever they're in front of. Like if you're talking to me and I'm listening to you and I'm really listening to you and then my phone rings, 
I can drop you in a second, and now I'm into my phone, and it's like you didn't exist. Yeah. I mean, that's ADD. And the real thing you have to realize is that can be a gift because it shows that you can block other things out and concentrate. And what you need to do is understand how to use that gift instead of abuse the gift. Hmm. For me, for example, I, I think I was the very first one case ever on ADD studies, and I probably am the first <laughs> one that ever had it. Actually, I've never been diagnosed either, but, but I love saying that yeah. you know I am ADD because I do have all the characteristics. I mean, they're there, but I think all Americans do, like I said. So the deal is very simple. What I understand is that I can concentrate on things at a very high level. And when you concentrate at a high level, you can get things done quicker. So so if you think about that, if I'm speaking, there were times this summer where I spoke uh, different times, 16 different times in a week. And and so you have to be prepared for 16 different challenges. Wow. And that was wonderful for me. Because of that, I had to find time to focus on what I was saying and focus on my preparation. When you focus, it's amazing how fast and how efficient you can get things done. The thing that slows you down is when you're focusing and then something happens. And computer, the computer world is wild that way. You know, my computer, every time I get an email or a text or anything, it goes, bing, boom, bing, bing. You know, yeah. and all, all of a sudden you're thinking, whoa. And the minute you go over and check that, that, that email or the minute you go check that text or the minute you check that, you know, what happens is you're gone for about 20 minutes. Yep. Exactly. Because now you're doing something else. And and so your productivity is way, way, way down when you do that. Hmm. So my suggestion to our listeners is very simple. You know, be somebody that slows down your life a little bit and says, for the next 20 minutes, set a timer, whatever it might be, for the next half hour, whatever it is, I am concentrating on one thing. And you turn the rest of the stuff off for a half hour and then concentrate. And you will be surprised how much you get done. At that moment. Yep. And what you're doing now is using your ADD for positive instead of an excuse for being somebody who can't concentrate. Because when you say that you have ADD and you can't concentrate and you use that for an excuse, you don't understand the problem. The problem isn't that you can't concentrate. The problem is that you concentrate on too many things in a row so you can't finish what you've started. Yep. And, and you need to finish it. So set it up for success rather than failure. You'll be surprised how much you can get done, actually, if you do that. Here's one thing that I definitely do when I find myself easily distracted is the first thing I do before I prepare for any project, I have to decide what I'm doing. And, and I, I know that sounds kind of weird, but you have to actually decide what you are doing and choose Absolutely. that. Stick to it. Clear your desk. So clear the clutter, clear papers off your, if you're working in a workplace, clear everything that is not related to that project off the table. So it's not in front of you. So it doesn't catch your attention later on. The timer thing is definitely a valuable thing. If you got a timer, get a timer, get a pad of paper next to it with a pen there. I know that sounds weird. How yesterday is that? Put, yeah, put a piece of paper and a pen there and any thoughts that come to mind that are not related to the project at hand, you write them down. You put them there and you say, that's where it goes. And begin to look at how you manage, what really what this is, is managing the distractions. And one thing I do on my phone when I'm editing this show or I'm doing some other projects around the radio station or I'm even at home is I'll put on the Do Not Disturb feature on my phone so I get zero, listen Dave, zero notifications. Yep. I don't even get texts. I get zero things in front of me, zero noises, zero beeps, zero dings, pops, whatever from my phone. Yep. So I can reduce that distraction from my life. And that's a difficult thing. You might need to do it to your iPad and computer too, because if you're Apple connected, they all ding. So, so you might have to do that. Or just turn the internet off. I don't exactly. know. One of the, one of the two. Exactly. But anyway, find a way 
to remove as many of those distractions as you possibly can because those things, they interrupt your flow. And I, I tell you from experience, once you lose, once you break your focus and your concentration, it takes effort to get back into that concentration. So save yourself some time, plan a little bit ahead, make yourself, make an environment that is actually conducive to focusing on that. And you'll find, I think, as I find in my own life, that you actually make more happen, you get more done because you've removed those distractions. And I know people will get offended if you don't text them back or you don't call them or answer their calls right away, but seriously, today, and this is coming from a guy who's in that millennial generation, it's really time that we take our time back and we, we really begin to focus on the things that we do, the things that we say. We really look at, you know, even what our expectations are of social media and all these kinds of relationships that we really say, look, my life is not getting any more productive by having all this noise in my life. And it's, it's one of those things where I really have to think about what I'm putting in front of me and what's really going to take my time and my, my attention to focus on. I call this the NASCAR generation. They're, they're going <laughs> around a track at like 100 miles an hour, but they're going nowhere. No, it's not 100 miles an hour. It's 180, Dave. Come on. Whatever, man. <laughs> it, but they're going fast. And then they celebrate at the end of life. Whoever went nowhere the fastest wins. <laughs> And thousands so of people true. are actually cheering them on doing it. Yeah, The guy who wins NASCAR this year, whoever it is, he's going to be able to say, I burned the most resources the fastest than anybody, and I went nowhere the fastest. <laughs> and the whole world rewarded me for it. <laughs> Sometimes that's what the media is doing to us. We are people that are so busy doing everything. We, we are, we're, we're connected on Facebook while we watch a movie, while we're listening to music and doing our homework. You know, I would tell you that you're not good at any of those things then yeah. when you're doing that. And and what you need to do is, is start segmenting and, or putting a parameters in your life so that you can actually be good at what you do rather than just go in circles and at the end of your life say, you know what, I didn't have time for much. I was really, 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 really busy going nowhere. But man, I had all the latest technology and I went there very much in style and very fast. And I think that maybe I went nowhere the fastest. So maybe I won. When we come back, we're going to wrap up this conversation, give you some applicable things to apply in your life, especially when you're talking on social media and you're thinking about commenting on someone's status and you're, you know, maybe you just shoot from the hip and you just comment wildly and kind of crazily. We're going to continue this conversation, talk about what the Bible says about posting on Facebook, on Twitter, all this social media when we come back here on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Jeff, DW, wrapping things up tonight on the show. Thanks for joining us for this conversation. I think, Dave, it's been one of those that every person needs to consider and think about. And especially in this digital age that we live in, the age of the Internet, where you can have a platform wherever you want. You don't need a license for YouTube or for Facebook. You just need a simple internet connection and a little iDevice, something that can connect to those things. And and we could be anybody we want to. We can be anonymous. We can be real. We can say things that are on our mind. We can post cat pictures and videos and stuff and make people laugh. I mean, you can use social media today in a way to influence people like never before. And one thing that I know about leadership from this really smart guy, John Maxwell, he says that leadership, a lot of times leadership is influence or influence is leadership. That that's really what leadership comes down to. And 
that's one of the positives about social media today is much like you probably look at social media, Dave, is it's a way to influence people, it is. whether it's in their thoughts, whether it's in their faith, you know, their Christian faith, uh, something that encourages them. We all use a social media in some way. We use email, we use uh, all these different technologies, and we can use them for good. We can use them to build people up. We can influence them into the kingdom, or we can drag people down. We can post things that are negative. We can make comments on red cups and, and share our ideas and how much we don't like something. And so there's so many ways that we can use this. But I think, Dave, it's so important that we come back to, okay, what is really valuable? What's worth putting my voice to in my life? And this generation, our age group, whatever age you're at, I think it's always important to take a step back and say, what am I doing with the platform that I've been given? You may have a couple of people following you. You may have no people following you. You may have thousands of people following you. What are you influencing them for? What are you? What is your goal by commenting on someone's status and by the things that you say? Do you want to build them up? Do you want to drag them down? Yeah, you know, a preponderance of words, many, many words devalues the words. Whoa. It's just like... Can you say that in English? Yes. Many, <laughs> many, many words devalues... If I were to offer you a steak dinner every single day, as much steak as you want, every single meal, breakfast, lunch, and supper, as much steak as you want. Oh, boy. Eventually, the steak would be devalued. Uh, absolutely. The same with words. When you are in a digital age where words are flying, billions and billions and billions of words, the words have never been at a cheaper premium than they are right now hmm. because of the fact that there's so many of them. And, and because there is this continual flow of words on the news media, in the entertainment industry, on social media, uh, you know, these billions and billions of words that are going out from everybody's thought process have become devalued. And so if anyone that's actually writing on social media right now that thinks their words are very important, uh, they're fooling themselves. Um, words have been devalued. They're not important to anybody probably except for the person who wrote them. And, and what happens is a lot of people start writing them because they want to hear their own words and the words are devalued. And that's how they basically think their value is by putting their own words out that they're listening to. Mm. And um, so it's just an interesting little twist that goes out there. But I would warn people, in James one nineteen it says, Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear and slow to speak and slow to anger. Um, I think we need to be quick to hear. I think there's ways that the social media will help us hear people. And I, I like um, every once in a while just flipping through things. I learn a lot about our culture, a lot about what's going on, and I, I like comparing the Bible to it. I, I really like uh, using Twitter. I, I think it's fun to try and come up with a thought in the amount of words that they give you, kind of like the old telegraph thing. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they, you know, I, And for me, that's a challenge to be able to come up with a, a, a thought in that many characters. Uh, so I like that. But if you go and look at my Twitter account, I very seldom tell you anything other than like a, a thought that uh, from the Bible, because that's my challenge with it. And, um, and even there, I mean, with all of the words that are flying on Twitter, just, man, it, it seems like that thing is an endless chain. Uh, when I look at it, uh, the words do become devalued with all the entertainment. Uh, entertainment's devalued. I mean, everything that you have that's in such an abundance has the danger of being unimportant because of its abundance. Hmm. And so I, I think that Satan is actually destroying relationships through this because we think we have an abundance of them through Facebook and, and Twitter and other things. And, and there's so many of them that it's become a devaluation process. So uh, it's kind of like money. I mean, if, 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 the, if the country went out and just started printing all kinds of $100,000 bills and handed them to everybody, 
what value would they be? Pretty much nothing. Yeah, and that's exactly where we're at with words. And in a culture that that has so many words, and we have very little meaning, um, really, because we have too many words, and to sort them out. So in, in a culture like that, here's my advice. Um, live differently. Don't just talk differently. Um, your, your talk should back up what the Bible says. Your talk should back up what your life says. But the thing that people can't refute is a life well lived. They can't do that. Mm. So... I need to have a good marriage, and I need to have good friendships, and I need to, to be a, a, a person who cares about others. I need to do that in real life. And then when I talk, possibly my words will have some meaning. Yeah. And I need to talk less and listen more. And that's exactly what James one nineteen said. Be, be, let every person be quick to hear. Not quick to speak, it says. In fact, it says the opposite. Slow to speak. Mm. Kind of the media that we're talking about does the exact opposite. It's quick to speak and slow to hear. And with all the words, we're even slower to hear. So if that makes sense, it may be way too philosophical for some, but that's really where I see it. And um, I'm always growing and changing, so maybe in another week I'll see it differently. But at this point, I think we need to be careful because the words are too many, so the value now is devalued. Actually, that verse is spot on, James 119, let every person be quick to hear slow to speak and slow to become angry. A lot of times what we see on social media is something that makes us angry. So what do we do? We speak and we don't even bother to listen. We don't even care to ask the questions to get them, you know, talking about why they would even post something like that. I mean, the reality is, is we jump to conclusions way too often. And here's my challenge. We're entering into the Thanksgiving series. We're going to be going into Christmas soon. And, and there's so much that we can talk about. I'm just, in some ways, as a Christian, you almost dread seeing what happens on Black Friday and some things in our culture because you just see sometimes the, the most selfish, inhumane things that happen among average, ordinary people. And it just, in a way, it almost makes you feel hopeless for this generation. And I believe that there is a generation that's rising up that really wants authentic humility in the way we talk, in the things that we talk about, and the ways that we approach our faith. See, I think as a Christian, we have a greater responsibility. I know we have a greater responsibility because, again, it comes back to that authority. God is going to keep us accountable for the words that we use, the things that we say. And that might be a sobering thought. Maybe that's a convicting thought for you tonight. My job isn't to convict you. My job tonight is to get you to think about these things, get you to talk about them with your friends and say, hey, how can we do better here? And here are some things that I would say are are ways that we can extend this grace and have meaningful things to say in a world that is looking for meaning and purpose. And a couple of those things, I'll post the rest of these in tonight's show notes, but a couple of those things is expressing thankfulness. So in your posting, in your commenting, express an attitude of thankfulness. Giving thanks, thanking somebody for something they did, thanking maybe you thank some anonymous person who picked up something that you had dropped and handed it back to you or something. In a way, express your thankfulness in this life. Also, one thing I love to do, and something that might be a stretch for some to do, is to actually give words of encouragement or actions that encourage somebody in doing good and spurring the Bible talks about this as spurring other people on in good works and, and good actions, good deeds. Uh, encourage people and clarify. Maybe there are things that are confusing in our culture. Don't jump on them and harp on them like we've seen recently and just post your ideas and how dumb something is to you. Post something that clarifies and brings clarity to it. And, and I think that's something that it takes maturity. It takes that moment of stepping back and saying, okay, let me just let this all, all this fog, all this chaos kind of settle down 
and then let me speak. And leaders do this really well. They, if they go into a meeting and people around them are blowing up about something, something's happening in the workplace or at school or whatever, great leaders, what they'll do is they'll just sit and they'll listen and they'll listen and they'll listen some more. And then when the moment is right, when the dust is settled, then is that's the time they speak. And they say, look, here's what I'm hearing. Here's what I'm hearing. Here's what I'm hearing here. And let me just give you my two cents. Great leaders do that. People who influence do that sort of thing. They don't speak right away. They don't put in their two cents all the time. But when the moment is right, they know that they have to speak. And then they've organized their thoughts and they've considered other people's perspective and said, hey, okay, I've heard what you said. I've heard what you said. Here's what I think. And just take it for what it's worth. I don't have to be right about this, but this is what I'm seeing. And help me to see this. I think when we have more people that are willing to listen, are slow to speak, are slow to become angry, I think we'll see a lot of our our issues and our disagreements kind of subside. And we'll actually find a way to to be around people that we may not always agree with, but we know that they're not going to disrespect us. They're actually going to give us an opportunity to speak. And we'll we'll find peace and we'll find joy in that. We won't lose our minds over over red cups in these days and ages of social media. So connect with us. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the tweet back. Use the hashtag HNRTV. That's all for us tonight on the show. Connect with us at HopeNet360.com. And there tonight we've got our show notes. We've got our live chat going on with our live coaches if you need to. And they're all there. Plus, you can follow us on social media at HopeNet Radio. We're on Facebook, Twitter, all of those different platforms sharing some thoughts with you tonight. Join us for that. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you guys online and next week. Bye-bye. Thank you.